And we're back with another episode and conversation of the Champion Reads Book Club. We're talking right now, and we're actually wrapping up our discussions on this amazing book called Leadership, Boom, and Self-Deception. And I show it to you on my screen here and my camera, as well as I'll put it on the screen. But uh, joining us today are our uh, executive producers and podcast hosts, the amazing Mr. Ian Sturmer. And uh, hey, Ian, how are you? Doing? <laughs> I just got a burst of uh, uh, I just got a burst of energy as I was excited to introduce you. And and um, you know, I, I I'm excited yet I'm sad because there's so many components to this book, leadership and self deception. And I know that last week we were really really digging to to provide a, a an an, abound, an abundance of material for. Um, explaining the box, what it's about, recognizing how we're in it. And we were so anxious to get to this segment, which is how to get out of it and, and what works and what doesn't work. And, and I think we've got just unlimited amount of resources, but without totally overwhelming our audience today. Um, you know, I think we could start with a simple box and just walk them through a few steps here and give some examples as well. But um, if you wouldn't mind, Ian, um, and not to put you on the spot, but let's let's give our listeners a little bit of a recap and, and what's going on and, and, and really what to, if they're just tuning in for the first time, uh, what, what can they expect having picked up a copy of Leadership and the Self-Deception and some of the topics of discussions that we've covered on this podcast? Yeah, thank you. Um, the biggest thing this talks about is what they call the box. And it's mm. not the box like we think of, oh, you need to think outside the box. But it's more of um, something that we're trapped within. And as we're in that box, um, it really comes down, I think, to two aspects. Um, one is in the box, we just see ourselves. Um, mm. We don't really see outside and what's going on with other people around us. Um, and the other part of it is what they call self-deception. And self-deception basically is when you're doing something that you know is wrong, really. Um, you're not doing the things to other people that you know you should be doing. Um, and there's a, a great example that simplifies it that this book uses where uh, one person is laying in bed um, and the baby is crying and he's looking at his wife thinking, why isn't she getting up? And his whole thought is about how he wants to rest. Um, and then there's the self-deception that, you know, she must be a bad mother because she's not getting up and she doesn't appreciate that I worked hard all day and all about myself and justification for these things. Um, and we're all stuck inside that box at some point. Um, hmm. And really throughout our lives, there's no way to never be in the box. Um, so recognize when we're in it um, is really the first key to know that we're thinking of ourselves and we're not acting the way we know we should to other people. And we talked about one of the major, uh, you can call it a core value or even you know, just the major principles here is, is creating in a, uh, um, or, 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 or exercising the muscle of self-awareness and creating sort of an observation of yourself, your actions, your thoughts, your reactions, your behaviors, and so much more as you recognize where you're at in this concept. Are you in the box? Or are you out of the box? And, and today we, we definitely want to dive into, you know, what, it, what, what doesn't work when you're in the box and how we tend to relate to that so well. And then we can talk a little bit more about some of the key takeaways and how you can continue to live your life in and out of the box, as well as covering a, a, a guideline for the material in which you can apply in your life. Um, I, I appreciate your recap and thank you for doing it so eloquently. Let's just, let's just jump right on in. Um, the first thing I wanted to share as you watch our slide, if you're watching this, um, is, you know, what doesn't work in the box and <laughs> the first one in first and foremost, like these, I don't know if these have any particular order or if they're like on a, on like the, the greatest or worst value system, but this one's pretty important. I mean, trying to change others, right? This is 
this is tough and 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 you and I will laugh at this and Lauren's not here so she won't be able to laugh with us or shake her finger at us but you know it's so funny in like relationships when when people especially men they're like you're trying to change me like don't change me I'm, I don't need to be changed right but but uh, that's more of a silly understanding of this but in the reality is many of us are constantly trying to not not change others, but to educate, to improve, to enhance, to share from our own perspectives and our own mindset, you know, what person can do, should do, or would do if you were in their shoes. And I, I think that's fascinating because whether it's the man to the woman or the woman to the man, you know, we're always constantly trying to explain things. And I think you had a recent experience, or I guess as men, we always have this experience as we, we tend to feel like there's a certain way to get things done. And we try to explain that. And I, I forget what we call that. What do we call that? Yeah. Mansplaining. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I never do that. So No, never, ever. No. In fact, let me explain to you what mansplaining. I'm just kidding. No. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I have a, a philosophy of life that's um, I think would make things perfect if it, if it would happen. Um, if everyone would just shut up and do what I say, the world would be a beautiful place. <laughs> um, so if I can just change everyone else to fit into what I want to happen, um, all stress would go away. It would be a beautiful world. I would be a, a benevolent dictator. <laughs> um, Oh, but, uh, but I think we do try to think that sometimes that um, if only we could change this and this and this, then it would be right. Then the world would be good. Um, but we can't just change everyone. Um, and I'm going to jump in sorry, to my, my second analogy with that. Somebody told yeah, us for this a long time ago. And forgive me if I get into a sexist statement here. But I uh, said that women marry men with a plan of how they can change them. Men marry women, assuming they will never change. <laughs> um, and the fact is, okay, men are dumb. We all know that. We don't really change very easily. Um, mm -hmm. But women learn and grow and progress and become better. Um, and because of that disconnect, um, men thinking nothing's going to happen, everything's going to stay exactly the same, and women having a plan to change, neither one of those works because we're all trying to control the other person. Hmm. Um, and it starts with I, I'm trying, I want, and that's what puts me in the box when it's all about me changing someone else or them doing it for me, that selfish side. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I... I... I, I love that. And you got me thinking, and I think <clears throat> what's fascinating about that, <clears throat> no matter what the gender roles are, right. Um, that, that there's, there's typically one individual who is reluctant to change. And there's usually an individual who is unaware that they're, you know, that the, the they're doing what they do. Um, and, and it even brings me to an even greater understanding of the book as we've been reading through it. And there, there are various characters that you get to know as you read this book. You see there's Bud, there's Kate, there's Laura, there's Tom. And, and the premise is Tom is, is going through this in-the-box, out-of-the-box perspective and starting to understand the material a little bit more himself. And let's just, let's just take it at face value. Tom's a man. He's having a lot of difficulty uh, getting along with his spouse at home. And as a result of that, he's, he's projecting that and trying to change others and, and lashing out at coworkers and people he doesn't even know. And it's, it's becoming evident and relevant to every area of his life as he's a Tasmanian devil, just playing around in the box that he should find a way out. And, that's a, it's a, it's a good perspective to recognize that, you know, we, we share the example of, you know, men are dumb and we, we don't change or we're hard to change and we're, we're hard to push. But at the same time too, um, it's fascinating to me that the book chose that, that perspective. And I don't think there's any sequel. I don't think there's any other perspective, but I do love the fact that one of Tom's coworkers in this, in this book 
um, sits down and is anxious to learn, teach, and also share her experiences about being in the box and how she got out. And she shares her own growth. And it was really cool to see that because now you have both genders, both roles, both, you know, everybody saying like, look, we all are in the box, no matter where we come from, no matter what our background is. And it's okay. It's okay. Just as soon as you understand what it is, you, you, you can find ways in and out of it and, and you can use it for your, for your, for good. So I, I love that. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to, love- Oh, sorry. Um, I love what you said there. The awareness is such an important first step of it. Um, now, I'm diabetic, so I have to watch my blood sugar. And I've mm-hmm. learned that the single most important thing for me to control my blood sugar is for me to measure it. Mm-hmm. That's more important than watching my diet, really, um, is to measure it and to be aware of where I'm at. Once I'm aware, everything else becomes so much easier. Um, So just knowing you're there, knowing that you're in the box and accepting that, that me being in the box is my problem. Um, It's I'm the only person in control of that. Mm. Um, Kind of like, um, I forget who's the one that says your positive mental attitude. (laughs) That's the only thing you can change is your own mental attitude. Um, being in the box, you're the only one that can put you in the box or take you out of the box. It's entirely your decision to do that. And you speak truth. I love that. And uh, you, randomly, and we'll move to the next point. Uh, one of my best friends growing up uh, was also diabetic. And, you know, one of the greatest relationship boosters and just like that intimate connection we ever had was when he allowed me to give him his insulin shot. It was one of the greatest experiences because uh, I could put a little, you know, like energy into it and remind him of all the times he's done me wrong. No, and just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, but what a great example, right? You've got to be in constant measurement. I, I absolutely love that. And, and uh, I mean, here at champion circle in, we constantly talk about the process of evaluation and how, you know, not only awareness, but, but like if you're using a daily planner to achieve your goals each day, if you're measuring your accountability and success throughout your goals and what you're doing, whether it's um, following along at the, uh, with the um, think and grow rich uh, desire statement, or if you're setting goals your own way, that the constant evaluation is the only way that you can create ebb and flow, that you can make adjustments so you can pivot when needed and focus on the the right things. And man, this is, this is just great. And I know that a lot comes from it. So before you change others, you know, do a little Michael Jackson, look in the mirror and change yourself. Yep. And that's kind of that first point, trying to change others doesn't work. Um, But as you try and work with others and grow together and build those relationships, um, it's a mutual working on that. And now we have number two, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I guess, along with, you know, um, changing others. There's a a quote I heard a while ago, and I hope I say it correctly. Um, The things that you can't change, you must accept. And the things you can't accept, you must change. Um, and obviously there's a, a, a conundrum there that what happens if you can't do either one. Um, and that's where these two fit together. Sometimes we try and either change others or we just live with it. Mm. You know what? It's not that bad. I can get used to that. You know, I don't really need to eat every day. <laughs> um we just accept, you know, someone else doing something. Uh, how often have you said, you know, that person is, they're just a force of nature. You just live with it and that's it. Um, and that's the the other end of, of this box. One is I need to control everything else. And it's all about me doing that. And then the second one is I have no power and I just need to live with everything else happening. Um, One is I'm all powerful. They need to listen to me. The other is I'm just a victim and I can't do anything about it. So there's no sense trying. Um, Mm. 
And I think those are the two ways I handle a lot of things in life. <laughs> <laughs> you reminded me, Ian, of two words. And I was thinking about what's the synonym for cope? Because right now, if I'm if I'm new to this this philosophy, um, you know, the word cope may not do it justice. And it is a good word. It is a great explanation of of what it means. And and what doesn't really work in the box is two other words, and I'll use them. The first one's tolerate just tolerating other people, right? Um, it, it has a negative spin on on just letting people be who they are, uh, even though it's going to just irk you or you know, drive you nuts or insane or whatever. The other word I thought of too is cohabitate, <laughs> which, which in many ways, it's like the caveman doesn't just kill the food, bring it back to the cave. Like there's got to be a sense worth living. Like if you're going to just tolerate people and cohabitate because you have to, like, that's not a life worth living. Like there's got to be some other benefits or better approach to this. And I think the answer to this is the word integration. You know, we talk about integration as as a word used to to um, merge softwares or allow two programs to work one another. But integration's original resource was the ability for us to cope, but also to merge and cohabitate, but not tolerate, but to to work with and understand other people. And those were two words I thought of that might help understand. The, or explain the, the the process of of how coping doesn't work with other people. Yeah, I like that, um, and it so much of it has to do with that victim. Um, mm. They're just going to do it. I'm stuck with it. I I have no power, no control over it. Um, a lot of this has to do with well, actually, it all has to do with your attitude, how you mm. look at things. Um, so. You know, I talk to my wife about this all the time. She likes to go out shopping. I don't necessarily like to go out shopping. And I can say, you know what? I have to go with her. It's my job as a husband. I'm the one who does more of the driving because she doesn't really like to drive. So I can just cope with it and live with it. Or I can say, I don't like shopping, but I like to spend time with my wife. And I like to be around her when she's happy. And she's happy when she's out shopping. So rather than coping with it, living with it, accepting it, um, instead, I'm participating with her in something she enjoys. Hmm. And I can, instead of feel sorry for myself, I can build myself up by sharing the joy that she has in it and seeing her joy. And instead of focusing on me in the box and I can't stop her from going out, I can't tell her that I'd much rather go watch a movie or take a nap instead or whatever. Um, instead, I can look and say, you know what, here's a chance for me to see her happy hmm. and seeing her happy is going to make me happy. So it's no longer coping with the situation, but it's taking the exact same thing that's happening and recognizing that this is a way I can find more joy in my life. Hmm. Great, great example. I'm going to move on to the next one. I think that we're really touching on a lot of these topics really well, and I love your examples. Um, <laughs> this one makes me chuckle because uh, how many conversations have you had with a teenager where they get so frustrated they can't explain themselves that they just turn around and stomp out the other way? Like leaving is such a dramatic statement in so many things. If you watch any TV series drama, that's how people literally make their, their statements, right? They, they give it to them and then they just leave. Or if they can't answer, they just turn around and look, go. And, and that doesn't work. You know, that doesn't work in the box. It doesn't work um, for, for, you know, calming things to figure out situations in your example previously, like learning to love people and, and loving the experience in their own areas and ways and, and, and events and what they like and their interests. Like, like um, I, I, I'm familiar with a, with a, an individual, an individual who is like so regimentedly stuck in their ways that the whole family, everyone down to the nieces and nephews, We'll go see a movie, but it's that person to say, 
I just don't do movies, you know, and, and everyone else goes and has a great time together building these memories and distinctively because of that leaving or that statement of, of just not working with others. Right. They, the, the memory doesn't become, we all went to the movies. The memory becomes, yeah, we went to the movies without, without this individual and, and it's because they don't do it, you know, and it, 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 if anything, it, it does worse to, to leave rather than to stick around and communicate or to work through it. And I've learned that in relationships with friendships, but as a recent example, it's just a, it's, it's, it's sort of kind of, we, we chuckle at it, but at the same time too, it's part of our reality. Yeah. I like that. And again, that leaving idea comes back to the selfishness. If it's not what I expect it to be, it's not what I'm looking for, then forget it. Um, mm. And, you know, the movie analogy, the purpose of going to the movie is not so you can see if Spider-Man finally defeats <laughs> Dr. Octopus this time. Um, <laughs> the purpose of going to the movie is to share that time together with people, um, to have a shared experience that you all enjoy together. Um, it's not to see the movie. Um, you know, I, I'm getting old and now when I, I only go to a movie that I really want to see. Um but back when I was younger, going to a movie was didn't matter what you saw. It didn't matter what was on there. It was all about the experience of the people. Um, so again, if you only look at yourself, it's only something I want to see. Then you know you're you've already left the conversation, the relationship, the project. Um, but if you can expand your horizon, your perspective to see what other people want what is the real goal of doing it? Um, then going to the movie is not just going to a movie. Um, so again, that, that perspective you have, can you look outside of just your desires and see a way to have a shared, enjoyable experience with another person, um, regardless of what you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And if you don't mind, if you want to go back to it, we can. But let's keep moving forward. I love these conversations and these little checkpoints. I uh, again, what doesn't work when you're in the box? When you're in the box, you know, sometimes it might seem reasonable or even logical to communicate it through, right? And we just gave that example. You know, rather than leaving, like stick around, and rather than disappearing, like like be available. But um, at the same time too, and this might be confusing and we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but like communicating and I'll even insert the word over communicating when we, when we tend to mansplain our way through things, I, I believe it definitely makes things worse. You know, I, 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 in my head would know what, after explaining to my wife, why, why, or how, you know, things are done around the house that, that she would just sit there and say, look, you're, you're explaining things to me. I get it. I know this and that's not going to solve the issue here and it can only make things worse. And so we'll get to some better solutions here in a little bit, but it it can seem contrary to what we've been saying that communication doesn't work within inside the box, but, but in many ways, communication can be the worst. You know, uh, a lot of people don't want to be told, but most people love to be heard. And I think that that's maybe what it's getting at here is that we, we can develop the muscle of listening, being observant and, and, and open to suggestion and counsel and even just conversation from other people. Um, what do you think about this? Yeah. Um, you know, as you were saying that I kind of glanced up and I, I somehow missed this before, but the title of this graphic is what doesn't work in the box. Um, when we're in the box, communicating is about us. It's hmm. about me mansplaining. It's about me solving your problem and telling you. It's about me hearing what I want to hear. Um, I think some of these things, once you're out of the box, that does work. Um, and communicating can't happen within the box. Communicating has to happen outside of the box when there's Um, but as long as you're outside of that and you're looking at that person and your communication is seeking to understand 
more than to be understood, uh, to follow Dr. Covey's great quote, um, then communication can work. Um, but if you're just communicating to someone else, that's never going to solve it. Um, you know, each of us are married and have you ever been able to explain to your wife why you do something and have her agree with you? <laughs> I'm going on 30 years and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, you can't communicate to someone, especially someone you're close with like that. Um, you've got to communicate with them from outside of that me perspective. So. No, I love that. <laughs> thank you for the laugh too. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And thank you for the explanation on that. Moving on to the next topic is uh, what also doesn't work in the box is implementing new skills or techniques. You know, um, sometimes it's, it's, it, it's, it's easy to get inspiration in the form of, uh, of reaction and in the form of defense and in the form of, of, of proving, you know, your perspective. I, I know quite a few people in the space of public speaking, coaching and mentorship, and it's either their way or the highway. And that's the only way, because, you know, mm. that can, that can be an effective marketing tool when it comes to explaining and sharing and, and teaching people philosophies that will allow them to find a method to achieving something that they hadn't before. But outside of that, and when you're inside the box, it's, it's, it's a tough one. It doesn't sit well with me in that, you know, there are times and places and seasons to implement and, and to try new skills and techniques, especially if you're, you know, learning, uh, on the fly, but, but those are not to be used in conjunction with, with your, experiences and how you treat people while you're in the box. And again, just to iterate, being in the box is about being in your head. It's about being in yourself. It's being through that, that concept of self-betrayal, whereas your best and better self is somewhere outside the box and is, is a pleasant human being, a, an individual who makes decisions and also does a great job of communicating and, 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 and has a presence and just going through the opposites of any of these on this list here. But yeah, it's, it's very fascinating. And, and also implementing new skills or techniques can, can distract from the, the, either the closure or the true solutions that come from uh, uh, what, what, what need to actually be done while in or outside the box. You know, I, I relate it to the process of, of energy. And when, when um, uh, we'll, we'll say this, when, when, your family calls you and says, Hey, we're coming over. And you look at the clock and you're like, Oh my gosh, I realize they're going to be here in 10 minutes. The house is a disaster. Somehow, some way in your mind, you can use the energy to pick up and clean that house before anyone arrives. But that would not be an appropriate time to implement a brand new strategy on how to clean the house. That would just be complicated. It would slow down your process because anything new can take a lot longer. And also it just, it just, it doesn't get the job done the way you want it done because it's new. It's different. It's not the same. So there's just a few examples. Yeah. I like that. And um, in this self-improvement sphere that we work in so much, we're all about new skills and techniques. Um, but we sometimes get so focused on that, that that becomes the focus and the new technique you just heard becomes more important than the problem you're trying to solve. Right. Um, so my sister has a, a mild uh, allergy to seafood. Um, she doesn't, you know, swell up and die or anything, but it's, it just doesn't sit well with her. And as a result, she really doesn't like the taste of seafood at all. Hmm. And I was talking to her and she says, it's amazing how many people I talk to and their response is, well, you haven't had fish the way I cook it. <laughs> and she's thinking, I'm, I'm still allergic to it. No matter how you cook it, I'm still allergic to it. Um, the issue is I have an allergy to fish, not that it wasn't cooked the way it should be or the way you like it. Um, and that focus on a technique, again, it, it makes you forget that there's an actual problem you're trying to solve. Um, so 
you know, keeping in mind um, when you're in the box, looking at a new technique or a new skill means you're no longer looking at the person you're trying to interact with. Um, you're taking them out of the equation and, and mansplaining and saying, well, I just read this great new book and I'm going to fix things for you. You know, there's this, I was thinking about this new book called Men Are From Mars and Women Are So Complicated, You Should Forget Even Trying to Understand Them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm going to get in trouble for this later on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not um, air this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. no. You know, you, you know, what you reminded me, Ian, was um, uh, <laughs> that great line from my big fat Greek wedding when she's just learning that the to be husband of her daughter is uh, a vegetarian. And he goes, you know, eat no meat. It's okay. I'll make lamb, right? You know, <laughs> it's not going to change the fact that he's doesn't eat meat. Anyways, I, I love that. That's yeah. a great example. Uh, well, moving on, and we have a few other things we'll talk about after we talk about this list, of course. Diving deeper into the material is uh, one of the last things you guys can recognize. And, um, you know, what doesn't work in the box is changing my behavior. And again, that sounds contrary to really the solution that happens. But let me just read from you. I love this part of the book. I've been glancing down at the book, and I wanted to read this little excerpt. So uh, bear with me for a second. But again, they're teaching they're teaching Tom about the box and what doesn't work in the box. And it can sound a little confusing, but Tom says, but wait a minute. I said, how is it possible to get out of the box at all then? I mean, are you telling me that if I'm not in the box and try to get out of the box, I won't be able to do it. That all of my efforts will just be newly, uh, uh, newly styled efforts within the box and will therefore fail. And, uh, uh, Bud says, that's what we're, that's, that's what we're saying. But Bud says, um, uh, or sorry, Tom says, but come on, like that can't be right. You're telling me that I can't get out by trying to change others by doing my best to cope with others or by leaving, communicating or implementing new skills and techniques. And then you're telling me on top of all of that, that I can't even get out of the box by changing myself. What, um, I'll, I'll continue reading just this little excerpt here. It yeah. says, well, you can't get out by continuing to focus on yourself, which is what you do when you're trying to change behavior in the box. So yes, that is what we're saying. He answered calmly, but then how could we ever get out? I mean, if what you're saying is right, then there's no way out. We're all stuck actually. And Lou interjected and Lou's another character. That's one of the founders of the company. That's not quite right. There is a way out, but it's different than anyone generally supposes. And you know what it is. Just like I told you before, you just don't realize that you know it. He was listening intently and they go into, you know, explaining the fact that it's not about, it's not that these aren't concepts that don't work is that they don't work in the box because you're only using yourself to change yourself while in the box. Better efforts uh, used is changing yourself outside the box. And that's what it's all about is getting outside the box so that you cannot uh, continue to either, uh, uh, um, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say other than hurt your relationships and cause friction and so many other things like have an awareness of where you're at, whether you're in the box or out of the box, and then understand what part of you are you trying to change? Um, uh, the, the, the great, the greatest aspect of this, and I'll pass it over to you, Ian, is when I was training for track and field, you know, I, I would be training for a race by running particular um, segments of my race, but if I was dehydrated or not eating right or, you know, in my wrong mindset, uh, my coach would oftentimes call me up and say, hey, like, what what state are you in right now? Uh, are, are you in a good state? Or are you in a frustrated state? Are you stressed? I, you know, oftentimes I'd say I'm stressed. And he'd say, well, there's no use in us training today if you're going to only try to improve the stressed John rather than the happy go lucky and really athletic John. And so, you know, until you can change that state, it's important that you don't step foot on the track. And I remember that changed my perspective greatly because then I realized if I show up pissed, mad, or 
even just like in, 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 in any other state than who I am as a champion, then I was, then I was training to not be the champion. I was training to be someone else with champion like strategies. And that's, that's ultimately the best example I can give in that regard. Yeah. I like that. And the, the idea of coaching, like with an athlete, um, brings up a good way to look at this. We said, you can't change, you can't get out of the box by doing these things when you're in the box. Um, it doesn't work. It doesn't improve a relationship. Um, mm. you know, if I go up to you and say, you need to go run a mile, um, that's not going to help you. Yeah. If you are, um, training in the mile for a competition and I'm your coach and I come up to you and say, you need to run a mile that works because you are trying to improve you there's a relationship that me as the coach is giving you direction you as the athlete are seeking that direction <clears throat> then you have a relationship where neither of you are in the box because you both recognize the value that the other person has in that relationship and achieving that goal hmm. you know if i go up to my wife and say you really need to stop eating that chocolate. <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> um, no question about it. But if an hour before we had a conversation that my wife said, you know what, um, my daughter's wedding's coming up and I need to fit in my dress and I'm struggling with this. Then an hour later, I see her reaching for a cookie and I say, hey, you know what, remember we had the wedding coming up. Let's put it off a little bit. Now we're working together at the same goal, the same direction on it. Um, so if you're not both looking outside the box and trying to help the other person and trying to receive that help, um, it's not going to work. Um, you know, giving a new technique, <clears throat> you know, if you go up to your, to your coworker and say, okay, every time we're going to say the word, but say the word and instead, um, <laughs> It's going to become a joke around the office. You're going to, you know, it's going to demotivate you every time someone says the word and from then on. But if you're working together and say, you know what, um, I'm finding some friction and how can we work on this? And the two of you discuss it and you're both trying to work at that common goal and you come to that conclusion, then it can be something positive. So um, once you're both, I, I guess that's an example, both outside the box. Um, so I want to jump back before I lose my train of thought. Um, what happens when you're out of the box and the person you're working with is in the box? Um, because you got the same issue as if you were in the box. If they're in the box, you can't say, you know what, John, you're kind of in the box right now. Um, <laughs> you need to change and get out of your box so we can actually get moving forward with this. Uh, did you feel motivated by that conversation? Man, I, I could go run a mile, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> now that I know I'm in the box, I'm feeling better now. Thanks for telling me how terrible <laughs> I am. <laughs> Letting me know I'm a loser has really got me pumped up and ready to work now. <laughs> um, so, oh. um, But I'm going to just jump a little bit more with that. You know, if you're getting out of the box. Um, but the person you're working with is still in the box. Mm. The first issue is don't start blaming them for being the one in the box. As soon as you say you're the one in the box, we need to change that. You put yourself back in the box. Um, mm. And maybe this is an oversimplification, but um, if you recognize somebody is kind of in the box and you're trying to work with them, be a good example, you know, use karma. Um, some ways act as if they were not in the box and just pretending they're not in the box and moving forward that way is going to help them get into a space where they're coming out of the box um, without even having to mansplain as much as we want to. <laughs> oh, I, I love all that and agree. And it gives greater perspective. Um, 
we can jump back to if we need to, but I'm just going to move into, you know, again, just reviewing and knowing the material. And I'll quickly read through this and we can explain a little bit more. And then we'll talk about um, the living the material as well. Because again, like, like Ian said earlier, you know, one of the worst things you can do is now that you have this information is using it to explain to other people that they're in the box or that they're, you know, that they're doing something different. And again, it's totally, totally contrary to fixing ourselves while we're in or out of the box. But again, self-betrayal leads to the process of self-deception, which is in the box. Self-deception is a continuous pattern that we, that we, uh, we, we convince ourselves that, that there are solutions to our problems, but a lot of them the times have the finger pointing outward towards other people and that you always have the solution. Um, when you're in the box, you can't focus on results. It's just, it's, it's not a good, it's not a good look. It's, it can't, it can't get you the results you're seeking. I'm sure it has gotten results for other people, but I can probably assume that the results weren't longevity. They weren't positive and they weren't, they weren't actual solutions for, for all parties involved. I wanted to jump into that one for just a Absolutely. second. Um, I read about a study recently um, where they took students and said, okay, one group, we want you to visualize doing great on this test. Just focus on the result of doing great on the test and visualize that. Um, a second group was told to visualize studying and doing the practice tests, the practice questions, and, and really just focus on and visualize in your mind the steps required to do well. And the third group was told not to do anything. Hmm. Um, and the worst performing group was the one who was told to focus on getting an A on the test and just mm. visualize that. Um, because they didn't see the, all the steps you needed to do. They just figured, hey, it's going to work out great because John taught me this new technique and I'm going to make you all do it and the world's going to be beautiful now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the ones who focused on the steps, the work, what was required and visualized doing that <clears throat> And this is all a visualization thing, not just not, not a study or don't study. It was the visualization. The ones who visualized the steps to get there are the ones who did the best. And obviously the ones who were told not to do anything did the same as they had before. Um, mm. So when you say focus on results, if all you focus on is an end result, um, you don't get there because you haven't done the steps. Um, everything seems like a failure, it becomes too hard. Um, because you don't know how you're doing it. Um, and you, then you give up too easily. So sorry, back mm. to you. <laughs> no, I love that. That's, that's a great perspective. And actually it's a perfect segue into the last two points here, which is again, your influence and successes will depend on being out of the box, not by being in the box. So, and, and the last thing here is that you get out of the box, the more you cease resisting other people. Don't cope. Don't, um, tolerate, you know, quit resisting. Um, one of the most powerful principles in, in not only athletics, but just in any growth concept is the power of resistance and resistance training can strengthen that arm, but resistance training while, while under the influence of, of any bad substance or anything else can only do you harm? And so again, just people are necessary. Community is part of one of the most vital validating principles and core values in this world. And people honestly are so, um, are, 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 uh, are filled with not only validation, but, but it, it gives them purpose to know that other people exist and to give them life and community. I know introverts are like, no, I could, I could live without people. That's fine. But the truth is, is they won't, they can't, and they, and they, and they will not. And it's just inevitable. So um, at the same time, yeah, this is, this is what it's like to understand the box a little bit more. Yeah. Um, another psychology experiment yeah. um, that reminds me of there about resisting other people. Um, there's an experiment they did where they had a checkerboard and one checker in the middle and they had two young children 
and said, every time you each get to take turns moving at one space and every time it reaches your end, you get a treat. Mm -hmm. um, and some children would go back and forth, one towards me, one towards you, and no one would get any treats. Um, other ones would move it to one side, then move it to the other side, move it to the first side. Uh, mm. And then they would both get a lot of treats with it. So as long as you're resisting and saying, you're stopping me from moving forward, you're preventing this going on. Mm. Um, and you recognize instead that by me giving up the motion that I'm working towards, getting it to my side, I'm actually achieving my goal by giving up what I want and giving it to you. And then later on, that will come back to me. And it's the whole karma thing that we talk about. But um, when we stop resisting things going on and recognizing that there's a solution where we can get what we want by giving other people what they want. And if that sounds like a quote from, uh, I believe it's Dale Carnegie, not Dale Carnegie, um, Zig Ziglar. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you can have anything in this world you want if you help another, enough other people get what they want. Um, yeah. And the key part of that is you need to not be in the box and say, oh, that means I can get whatever I want. I can get it. I can get it. I can get it here. Here's a dollar. No, I'm going to be rich here. Let me mow your lawn. I'm going to have a beautiful house now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but instead, you say, here's a dollar because you need it. And I can find joy in helping you. Um, let me mow your lawn because you just broke your leg. And mm. I can help you feel better about what's going on. Um, and as you try and help others, and instead of resist what they're doing and resist all the attention that they're getting, um, you find more fulfillment. Um, and that's where a lot of that comes from. And I'm rambling here, but I'll, I'll make my last point on that. Um, this is semantics, but there's pleasure and there's joy. And mm. you know, the, the dieting analogy works for so much. It's pleasure to eat a chocolate bar, but it's joy to look good in a bikini. I, I will <laughs> never look good in a bikini, but um, it's, it's a joy to be healthy. It's a joy to have real energy. It's a joy mm. to be able to have the energy to go and do things with people. Are we willing to give up a pleasure of that piece of chocolate for the joy we get later on? Um, are we willing to give up the pleasure of keeping that dollar in our pocket for the joy of sharing that with someone else and building a relationship and you know a mutual growth between us? Um, when we can focus on, we just said don't focus on the goal, but focus on the real goal. Um, which is building those relationships with people, whether it's within the family or a business or the relationship it takes to achieve a certain goal in a business, a certain project you're working on. When you realize that that's the real goal and the steps we're doing, the techniques we're making, the, the change you or change me and all that is irrelevant to what we're actually trying to achieve. Um, and focus on the joy that's going to come from those things instead of the selfish pleasures. So I hope mm. that came across right. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I'll just lead into the next part and we'll sort of wrap this up by talking about just ways to live the material in depth. And uh, I appreciate what you said, Ian, um, a couple of things. And I want to dive into some of these. We don't have to touch on all of them, but I think that they're just powerful principles. Number one is don't try to be perfect, but just do better. Um, my one of my favorite books of all time, surprisingly, is a book called How Not to Die <laughs> by um, Dr. McGregor, uh, Dr. Gregor. And it, it's it's a nutrition book of all books. Um, I'm very, very impressed with like Malcolm Gladwell, who dives into the uh, different studies in the book Outliers and how he gives different references and examples and and studies and case studies of more and more. And this is what this is what Dr. Gregor does in his book on on nutrition. And essentially, he talks about how the increased consumption of of um, uh, vegetables will truly not only reverse, but could eradicate most early symptoms and any present symptoms of diseases. And he doesn't make you feel bad by saying, if you're not a vegetarian, you're going to die. He makes you feel good by saying there's a good, better, best principle here. 
And, you know, a good option is to eat your lasagna with a salad on the side. The better option is to maybe minimize that, that, that slab of lasagna and to increase the salad and vegetables on the side. The best option is probably to go with a vegetarian uh, alternative and to have a lots, a, a variety of vegetables so that you, you know, that you reach the, you know, the best outcome. And it's not to make anyone feel bad or guilty for not following a particular nutritional lifestyle. But the principle is to just do better. If you, if you already have a habit, that's a bad habit, like find ways to do it better. And, and I love that because again, you're going to walk away reading this book thinking, man, I've, I've got to be perfect. Like I got to be my best self all the time. And that's exhausting because your best self comes and goes in waves and living inside and out of the box is inevitable and, and just innate. So just don't be perfect. Don't try to be perfect, but just do better. Yeah. That's what I call the large fry diet Coke syndrome. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have the fries. Sorry. I'm going to, that's not a, that's not open to any kind of debate, but I can live with a diet Coke. So I'll get the diet Coke and the fries and it's better than if I got the regular Coke, especially after I said the whole diabetes thing. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, take the step that you can take. I can't solve the world's ecological, ecological problems, but I can put my diet Coke can in the recycle bin. I can do that. Um, so let me do the steps that I can. And maybe later on, I can get to another step. Um, mm. I, I think what you said that I love, it's, it doesn't mean that we just give up and say, you know what, the world's going to burn in 50 years, so may as well just forget about it. Um, yeah. but, you know, I can do this. Let me do this step. Um, let me do the easy thing, and then I'll get to the next thing. So the, another one of my quotes is, I have given up on all of the sins that I don't like. Um, mm -hmm. Now it's just the sins that I like that I'm still working on. Because um, the ones I don't like were easy. Um, I've stopped yeah. bank robbing. No more, no longer a problem for me. <laughs> but judging other people, I need to work on that one. Um, so again, take those steps to get better. Have a goal in mind in the end, um, but don't focus on every little failure. Um, but do focus on some successes. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, you know, again, you now have a new knowledge about what, it, what the box is, but we invite you and encourage you not to use that, that term, you know, don't walk around the world causing, you know, a question about the box. Um, you know, if anything, just give people a copy of the book. <laughs> That's a statement in and <laughs> right. of itself, but, you know, but also, you know, don't look for others boxes, you know, look, just, just look for your own being, being observant of that, um, going through the rest of these, there's a few more is this don't accuse of others of being in the box. Just do try to stay out of the box yourself. Don't give up on yourself. When you discover you've been in the box, do keep trying and find ways to exit the box. Um, don't deny that you've been in the box when you've, when you have been just to apologize. Um, you know, a lot of the book here, um, talks about the, the conversation that, Tom had to go and have with, with, uh, the coworkers who he upset and then, you know, doing that at home and getting upset again because he was talking about the box and just, just remember that this is a completely relatable experience. And, and although, a uh, um, a very fictional example of, of real life, it still paints the picture of how to, how to operate with these principles. Um, Moving forward too is, you know, don't deny that you've been in the box. Uh, oh, I already read that one. Uh, don't focus on what others are doing wrong. Just do focus on what you can do right to help. Um, I'll erase my ticker here so we can see that bottom one. Don't worry whether others are helping you. Just do worry whether you are helping others. And that goes back to what Ian was saying. The famous Zig Ziglar quote is, again, don't show up in spaces because you know that people are going to help you show up in spaces because you can help people. And, and it's continuous. Uh, it's a continuous principle there. Um, and then jump in anytime. We'll kind of wrap this up. That's actually the end of my slide. So uh, a perfectly, perfectly um, kind of 
accumulated and set up. We we highly recommend you pick up a copy of of this book and check it out and and read it and start to learn its principles. Again, Ian and I have read this book a dozen of times and and continuously we we re, were reminded of how often we need to step outside the box and focus on other other avenues and paths and then being being ourselves and working on ourselves in the best light and picture. So that's uh, that's what I recommend. Any uh, last thoughts and words, Ian? Oops, looks like we had a little delay there. Any last thoughts or words, Ian? Yeah. All right. Let's see here. It looks like the internet went out on Ian's side. Um, we'll catch up to Ian in just a minute. Um, before, before Ian shares his closing comments um, and remarks, uh, I just want to remind everybody that we do have um, um, a continuous schedule in that we will be covering various topics and books as we uh, continue through this process. Um, next month or moving next week, we're going to move into reading a really great classic, one I'm really excited to dive deep into. The book is called, and let me pull it up here, The Greatest or The Wealth, uh, sorry, The Richest Man in Babylon. I don't know why I was having to struggle with that one, but um, definitely join us for talking about the various principles of the richest man in Babylon. There's incredible opportunities for you to learn, grow, and also dive into our conversations as we cover other material and other books throughout this, uh, throughout this experience. So um, I'm going to pass it back over to Ian. Ian, any last words or thoughts about leadership and self-deception? Yeah. Um, thanks. Sorry. I had to cut out for a little bit there. It's all the okay. internet's fault. It's the people who own this Airbnb <laughs> were better. And if I could change them um, and really I have some ideas, of some techniques that would really improve that. Um, so <laughs> Um, but instead I can take this as a chance to learn and grow. Um, so I caught the tail end, as you mentioned, uh, coming up, uh, coming forward with it, richest man in Babylon. And, uh, just want to kind of point out a, a great idea of perspective with this. We kind of talked about becoming our better selves through this leadership mm -hmm. and self-deception. Um, now we're going to talk about making money and getting rich. Um, but as you keep that perspective, you know, the champion mentality um, is not necessarily being the first one, but it's being your best. Um, you know, and, and most great athletes, if they have a choice between winning a race or getting their best time, they're going to go for their best time every time. Um, so as we look into to Richest Man in Babylon, um, I'm looking forward to delving a little deeper into that because, you know, money doesn't solve problems, but... Um, Poverty has not worked out real well for people either. So let's see how we can, can take advantage of these techniques, for lack of a better word, um, to improve our life and improve the lives of those around us. Um, so with that, thank you for letting me be here today. Excellent. Well said, executive producer Ian Sturmer and joining us in studio today. Uh, really glad that we had this conversation and please give us feedback, send us some notes, um, go and check us out on uh, on YouTube where a lot of our episodes are being found and we will also be launched to the podcast um, um, very, very soon. But please take that opportunity to come and give us some feedback. All feedback can be sent to team at mychampioncircle.com where Champion Circle is the uh, sponsor and, and, and ultimately the, uh, the foundations which Ian and I are, are operating this podcast under. And, um, you know, give us some feedback, share with us some ideas. If you have questions you'd like us to cover and so much more, if you have recommendations for other books, let us know as well. Um, but, but all that being said, we'll see you guys next time on the Champion Reads Book Club. And if you'd like to join us on the show too, we'll have and accept applications and requests to join our conversations. And please check out our, our, our website. Go to mychampioncircle.com where you can learn more about all the different things we got going on, including our play to connect events, our chapter meetings at Champion Circle, and even our uh, live trainings and masterminds through virtual platforms. So with all of that being said, Ian, thank you so much for your time. We'll hit the outro button and we'll see you guys on the flip side. 